the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So not necessarily those of KDO Devil. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about? Let me know. I'm not shy. I hope you're not shy. We could talk about the deficit in the United States. We could talk about the hottest bars and restaurants in the United States. Where, let's just put it this way, if my education is high school oriented, I'm looking to marry well. I know you're saying, that's pretty offensive. It is. And I understand that. But it is. It's, it's offensive. There, there's like no getting around that one, is there? So um, the Olympics are marching on. It's fun to watch, right? Zynga is getting slapped around like a redheaded stepchild and well-deserved. Sandy Wow yesterday said, let's break up the big banks, the city groups, the Bank of America, the J.P. Morgans. Barney Frank said today, that's not going to help. Oil majors' profits are slumping amidst warnings on oil prices. Greek exit in 2013 from the euro, now 90% probability, according to Citigroup. Was the Apple miss something bigger than the iPhone 5? Card issuers are sheepishly if quietly admitting that they're seeing a surprising benefit from, from the conservative lending the law was designed to promote, i.e. things that were sought to be killed are now starting to help the banks make profits in credit cards. American Express, the Capital Ones, the Discover Financial Bank of America City Groups. Silver lining to the quote-unquote card act was that it was good for business. We'll talk about anything that you want to talk about today. I hate Mark Pincus. That's not my website page, but it could be. My Facebook page is I hate Rob Black, and I hate Mark Pincus. I think he's the worst CEO in America. He had no right to be CEO. He cashed out $200 million. The shares are down 40% this morning. That's stunning. He sold 43, well, Insider sold 43 million shares at 12 bucks. Four months later, the company reports a horrible quarter. The stock plunges to three bucks. This is a case where Insider should go to jail. He recently told Wall Street, hey, the quarter's not so good. The quarter was horrendous. It was horrific. It was a nightmare. It was Freddy Krueger breaking through the window and Jason Voorhees smashing down the door. It was a bad quarter. Like At that point in time, I pushed the girl in front of me and I tried to get out any way I can get out. This was a bad quarter. Zynga Insiders cashed out at exactly the right time. Ta-da! Farmville. It's crap. 
He blames Facebook. What? Ooh, not good. What do you think this means for Facebook tonight? Zynga, the company, paid a million dollars in expenses to facilitate the cash-out legal fees, private jets, rentals. Zynga Insiders took off $516 million just before the stock crashed. Mark Pincus, you're slime. You're pathetic. You're the worst CEO in America. I hope all women refute you. He sold 200 million shares. He screwed mom and pop from Iowa. The people are like, hey, honey, I'm on Facebook. I see this game Farmville. I'm going to buy shares. That's the person he hurt. And that's the person who shouldn't be hurt here. Google, a Zynga investor, sold 4 million shares at $48 million. Reed Hoffman, a Zynga investor, sold 688,000 shares at $8.2 million. But again, the criminal one is Mark Pincus. 16.5 million shares for $200 million. Hey, I get it. I Trust me, I own no shares of this. I didn't get hurt in any way, shape, or form. Web 2.0 has been a flop as far as investments go. It's been a dot-com bubble times two. But the fact that he can't tell Wall Street what's going on, the fact that he can't communicate with the public what's going on, he shouldn't be CEO. He's not a man. This guy is far beneath that. He's slime. He's pathetic. I can't say enough on him. Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, they should all be ashamed. They got played by this guy, and Wall Street looks bad, and it was Mark Pincus who should really. Honestly, I know people that work at his firm, Zynga, and it's the worst place in America to work. It's a factory, and no one likes it, and no one likes working for Pincus. Okay, there's my diatribe. It's over. What else do we want to talk about today? Hey, cocaine production is skyrocketing since the U.S. dropped aid to Colombia. So Colombian production of cocoa, the precursor plant to cocaine, rose 3% last year, shattering the downward momentum of the past several years. Cocaine production has been trending downward in Colombia since 2007 due to U.S. military aid designed to combat the the, uh, cartel and cocoa cultivation. When that aid dropped off, Colombian military has had to do more with less, and the tide has turned. Cocaine production up. For those of you looking for a job, cocaine production up. So Mario Draghi, who I think beat Rocky in Rocky Three, and then there was a rematch, or maybe he never beat him. No, he never beat him, but he said he would break him. I will break you. And now he's a big, fat, puffy dude. But Mario Draghi... He told a European Central Bank president, he said, we're going to do everything that we can to save the euro. The sustainability of the boost is questionable. Draghi made his comment. Markets went crazy. But the reality is, is unless you get Angela Merkel to sign off, Draghi, you mean nothing. Nothing. So the topics will remain the same. You can say whatever you want, like Ben Bernanke is saying whatever he wants. And yeah, it does help. I mean, my mortgage refinance is great, and it's going to help me save a lot of money in the future. But, and this is a big but, unless you get politicians on the same page, you're not going to get the joint effort that you need to help the European Union in their scenario with Spain, Italy, Ireland, Greece, on some levels, France, socialist France. I know you're saying, did you just bring up the word socialist so you could 
push people's buttons. I did. I did. So I'm going to do a wealth reservation retirement planning event coming up August 2nd, Thursday, 6-9 Crown Plaza, Foster City. Diversification, tax reduction strategies. For those of you who have money, who are wealthy, who are cruising towards retirement or in retirement, and let's say you're using a bad investor, someone you don't trust, come out, get your questions answered, uh, bring your portfolio. I recently had to review a, this was embarrassing. It was a portfolio done by Fisher. But what was embarrassing about it was it was for an 80-year-old couple, and they were in growth stocks, and they didn't need to be in growth stocks, and they got murdered in growth stocks, and they shouldn't have been in growth stocks. So come out to the Wealth Reservation Retirement Planning Event, Thursday, August 2, Foster City, Crown Plaza. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, what else do I need to throw out there at you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can find me on email, rob at robblack.com. Let's take a break here. We'll circle back with more content, more insight, more investment ideas. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I know this is the freshest business financial show. It's like having a cool mint in your mouth on top of a high mountain in the watery spring mist. Yeah, maybe it's not any of that. Maybe it's like a mouse crawling in your mouth, vomiting, and then dying. Either or, it's the most original financial show that you'll hear, at least today. U.S. deficit we could talk about. Huge problems. Huge problems. What do you want to talk about? Like, there's so many angles that we can go. Presidential year, taxes expiring, people not marrying in their 20s creating a baby bust. If we don't have babies, we don't have future taxpayers. So get to work, ladies. We need babies. Babies are taxpayers. Babies are economy. What else do we need to throw out there for you? Um, How about a little bit of the old-fashioned money investing 101 basic concepts of do-re-mi? Let's take a look at the market numbers. Oh, and by the way, Michael Phelps is odd looking. The S P five hundred up twenty one, the Nasdaq up forty three, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up two hundred and nineteen. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. I got an email recently, Chad. Fifty uh, one year old guy, no children, forty thousand dollars in his four hundred one k, eighty thousand dollars in an IRA account, so one hundred twenty thousand dollars at age fifty. Um, emergency count of twenty thousand dollars, and he wants to know: Does he need a CFP? Fifty one with one hundred twenty thousand um, dollars. I think that maybe a, a career advisor might be a little bit better because you're in a situation where 
I get those emails a lot too, Rob, and they're like, okay, what what fund should I go in? They give me the the, the safest growth adjusted return or risk adjusted return for the long run. That's not your situation. Your situation is is you're going to be working until you're 75 years old. So make sure you're in a career that your body can handle until right. you're 75 years old. And that might mean, you know, instead of taking the next $20,000 to invest, maybe get some retraining and get some get a career move. I know. It, I get emails like that, and I, it's almost insulting to send back an email saying, you don't have enough to retire. You're probably not going to ever retire with the lifestyle that you see in the lifestyle that's rich and famous. Get a better career. He's 51, Chad. Yeah. He's been working for 30 years, and now we're telling him to get a job. It's that type of plan B situation where, okay, either it's reverse mortgage time, either it's move out of the state. It could be out of the country. A lot of people are moving out of the country to get cheaper cost of living. I wouldn't mind moving to Thailand and have a little Thai, Thai woman walk on my back every day. There you go. Yeah. A little Thai massage action. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some rules of thumb in retirement. What do we need to know? Um, I think one of the the worst rules of thumb that I see out there is you're going to spend less in retirement. That, that's true in your 70s and 80s. So a lot of people have a rule of thumb that they think they're going to spend less. Yeah. The, the old one was you're only going to need 70% of what you had when you were working in retirement. And the first couple of years, I see people spend more because of the vacations, the purchasing of the motorhomes, the second homes, uh, going to see the grandkids, that that type of thing. You're, you're, you're doing the honey-do list and the fix-up of the home. Um, or you're doing the, the, the travel bucket list, you know? So you, you might spend a little bit more in retirement. Um, the other one is that tux, taxes will be cut in half in retirement. I'm not seeing that because more and more people are retiring with the bulk of their savings in 401ks. Yeah. So they're they're actually underestimating their taxes in many cases, and, and we're in a situation where as the economy approve, improves, taxes will probably go up, and some benefits will probably be cut. Gotcha. So I, I would not estimate taxes being cut in half. You do need a very detailed financial plan that you know, so you know what your taxes are each and every year in your in your retirement income plan. And uh, the biggest one too, or one of the biggest ones, is healthcare is free. You know, I'll admit, at one point in my life when I was younger, I thought seniors got free healthcare. Yeah, I thought that's what Medicare was. Yeah. I thought we were given free healthcare to retirees, but it's not. I still talk to a lot of people that don't realize, or nor do they have a plan. They're retiring at 60. They have no idea what they're going to do from 60 to 65 for healthcare costs. But even after that, if you, you look at what the average person pays over retirement for their Medicare Part B, yeah, uh, which comes right out of their Social Security check. And by the way, if you make a lot of money, yeah. you'll pay twice as much as your neighbor because there's, there's two-year back testing on the income means for, for Medicare. Bitter. Because um, I do make a lot of money. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. And then you, but that's just, you know, you still have huge deductibles on Medicare. So you get a supplemental policy and then you have policies that cover prescription costs and then copay. So the average person is still going to pay, you know, five to 600 bucks a month minimum on average after they're even on Medicare through, and that cost is going up at five to 6% a year. You know where the rule of thumb came from? No, actually I don't. It was English law where a man was allowed to beat his wife with a stick so long as it wasn't longer or thicker than his thumb. No, the, the stick couldn't be thicker than his thumb. So, wow. He couldn't hit her with a bat, for instance. Um, and the judge basically became known as Judge Thumb. And it was, you know, back in the 1700s, English people had this whole satire thing going on where they'd print newspapers and they'd, you know, turn a whimsical thing into hilarity. Mm-hmm. So, or a bad rhyme. So you were allowed to hit a woman, a wife, with a stick so long as it was no thicker than your thumb. 
Did an angry wife finally is shoot good, him with a pistol? Is that a good rule? <laughs> no comment. No comment. Just checking. Anything else we need to know? Bad rules of thumb for retirement? Uh, you, you'll be okay if you draw 4% or less out of, your, out of a portfolio that's balanced. You'll be fine. Um, there are situations where if you look at a person that retired in 75 with, with that rule, they were fine. But if you reverse the order of the returns in the stock market and the bull market, the bad market came first and the bull market second, yeah. they ran out of money at age 83. So it, you have to have more, a, more of an income strategy than drawing 4% or less out of your portfolio. And the, the other one is you can retire with a million dollars. That's fine if you're 65 and you only want 40000 a year of adjusted income for inflation. It's not much money. A million dollars doesn't get to what it used to. No, not if you're going to – you've got to figure that you have to have enough to live till you're 100. With that said, that CFP Chad Burton, neither he nor myself endorsed hitting a woman ever with stick or without stick. I need to go on record for that, so don't blame your domestic violence. I heard Rob Black say it was okay. I did not say that. You can find Chad Burton at – uh, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, we do these wealth preservation retirement seminars all the time. You can find out about the one coming up shortly at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So wealth preservation retirement event that's coming up, I'd love to see you at. It's going to be Thursday, August 2 from 6 to 9, Crown Plaza, Foster City. It's 6 to 9 p.m., so it's next Thursday. It's a week from today. They're good events. Uh, getting your money ready for retirement doing things properly in retirement, making sure that you leave what you need to leave to heirs, making sure that you have enough till the day you die. We talk retirement planning questions, wealth preservation, portfolio structure. Bring your copy of your portfolio. I'll take a look at it and uh, give me your email. I'll get back to you with some notes. Don't bring an original. Just give me some copies. And uh, and that's a good event. Wealth preservation, retirement planning, Thursday from 6 to 9, next Thursday from six to nine uh on top of it i got a, a event on wednesday that is worth mentioning as well uh it's called black wednesday off the cuff it's chad burton and myself the money 2.0 team at miss pearl's restaurant and lounge in beautiful jack london square in oakland miss pearl's restaurant's located on one broadway street refinance your mortgage well soon you might be housing lender rob black and your money is co-sponsored by alexharriscoach.com Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. Rob Black, thanks for listening to the show. I try my very, very, very very best to give you as much content as I can. I can't always promise that I'll be relevant. I'm talking finances and money and investing, and I do my very best. I really do my very best to give you content that is going to help you get to retirement or help you think about financial issues. For instance, um, marriage and divorce. Your partner should make you the happiest person on the planet, in theory. But 
that doesn't always happen in reality. Sometimes it takes going through a bad marriage to figure out what creates a good marriage. So know that that's fair. Sometimes it takes a bad relationship or an average relationship to know about a great relationship. You know, happy marriage from divorced people, I see it all the time. If you want a happy marriage, talk to a divorced person. They've got some insight about why people fight, why people break up. People lose the most important relationship of their life tend to spend some time thinking about what went wrong. They're self-reflective. They're thoughtful. They cried. They acknowledge their own mistakes, hopefully. Not just their ex's blunders. You know, everyone knows that I was tied towards a Playboy model. And it's so easy for me to project and tell you the truth that, yeah, she cheated on me with a European guy who was her father's age. She was an alcoholic, ex-alcoholic. Um, she, one point in time, she tried to commit suicide. Her mother was institutionalized. Her brother was institutionalized. But I failed to see the writing on the wall. I failed to see all those bad signs equal get the hell out. Run. Don't look at the beauty. I mean, she cooked a mean chicken piccata. She was a gourmet and good looking. Um, and because she never drank, she was always kind of in the moment. And that was nice. She was conscious. She was never checked out. If you do a little bit of research and you talk to people about bad marriages, what you're going to learn is that there's basically five behaviors that create the marriage's demise. It's not rocket science. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and go, here's the six simple steps of creating blah, 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 blah. Um, 46% of couples divorced. You know, that's pretty much so the data at this point in time between the age of 25 and 37. Um, of those numbers, 71% find new partners. 44% remarry. Of the divorced people, 15% say they would give their spouse more of what is called effective affirmation, including compliments, cuddling, kissing, hand-holding, saying I love you, giving them emotional support. If you express love, you build trust. That's the number one thing that comes out of this. You know, have some displays of affection. That's what leads to divorce, not having displays of affection, not affirming someone. Make someone feel good. Make them feel interesting. Make them feel exciting. Divorced individuals don't specifically identify sex as something that they would approach differently. But non-sexual affirmation is, you know, it has a lot to do with women. When a husband reports that his wife doesn't show love and affection, the couple was almost twice as likely to divorce as when the man said he felt cared for and appreciated. So men, we spend our paychecks trying to impress you. Couples where women felt a lack of affection weren't more likely to divorce. Women aren't, they don't care as much as men do. Men, we need our ego stroked. 
I know you're saying that's a dangerous word. Don't go there. Another issue that you got to do is, um, you know, be a great parent. Partners notice and appreciate things like being a great parent, saying the words I love you, getting in the morning paper, starting the coffee pot, warming up the car. You know, money is the number one point of conflict in the majority of marriages, good or bad. 49% of divorced people say they felt they fought so much over money with their spouses, whether it was different types of spending, lies about spending, one person making more than others. Money is a big problem. There isn't a single financial fix for all couples. There's no way. My advice to you is grow up and learn to talk about money. You have to do it. The best thing about my job is I get to talk about money. Ask your partner, what are your financial goals? When you're 20 and 30 and beautiful, it is so easy. When you're 40s, 50s, and 60s and withering and your time's up, you're going to fight about it because you can no longer work till the day you die. You've already lost half that time. One of the things that, you know, uh, I started a company many, many, many years ago and I was dating an amazing woman named Juliet. And uh, first year, I lost a lot of money. Second year, kind of a break-even scenario. Third year, I made a lot of money. Year four, five, six, seven, eight, tons of money. I was rolling in it, as Adele said. I was rolling in the deep. Um, so Adele's kind of puffy, right? When she said we could have had it all, was she talking about the buffet line? Because I'm not quite sure what rolling in the deep means, but I was rolling in the deep. Talk to your spouse about, you know, saving money as a kid. Talk to your spouse about your parents and the way they saved money. Talk more often, not just at tax time when you have high debt or bills coming along or emergency room payments. Talk when you can. Engage in a healthy way with your partner. Give up the past. Jealousy of your past partner's relationships, irritation at how your mother-in-law treats you. Give it up. It's not, it's, spats are stupid. You know, there's a phrase, never go to bed angry. How about just, after 24 hours, just give it up. After 12 hours, just move on. If you can let go of anger, longing, sadness, jealousy, grief, you know, how can you do that? Well, exercise, do a journal, talk to a friend, drink. Whatever it is that you need to do to let go of that negativity, let go of it because negativity will kill you. I mean, honestly, if you got two legs and two arms and you can see, life's been pretty good to you. If you were born on the coast of California, the coast of East Coast, West Coast, life's been pretty good to you. You know, Abraham Lincoln who I like to refer to if he was a chick as Abraham Lincoln is said to have given his secretary of war who had written an emotional missive to one of his generals. He said, put it in the stove. That's what I do when I've written a letter when I'm angry, put it in the stove. This is an exercise for you that Abraham Lincoln could teach you when you're angry at the generals, when you're angry at your spouse, just forget about it. You know, divorced individuals 
who blamed ex-spouses or even themselves had more anxiety, depression, sleep disorders. I think we're supposed to have anxiety, depression, and sleep disorders. I don't like medicating. I think anxiety has saved the world. Back in the caveman days, we were fearful of uh, dinosaurs eating us. And that's what kept us alive. Anxiety is good and normal. Stop medicating. 65% of divorced individuals blame their ex-spouses, with more women blaming an ex-husband than men blaming an ex-wife. 16% of men blame themselves, compared with only 4% of women. More men than women admitted to an extramarital affair. Takes two. There are multiple ways to see it a problem. I look at life as a floating opera. I know you're saying floating opera, yeah. Like, if you're underneath it, you see something totally different. If you're in the opera, you see something totally different. If you're a mile away from the opera, you hear and see something totally different. I think there's active listening where you try to hear the other person. Try it. You don't have to be emotional. You could be, but you don't have to be. Every day for 10 minutes, you should talk alone about something other than work, other than the family, other than children, other than the household, other than the relationship. You should have no problems, no scheduling, no logistics. You need to tell each other, you know, about what makes you tick. Okay, so that's Rob Black, marital counselor at large. I hope that helped in some way, shape, or form save your marriage because divorce is expensive. If you do decide to get a divorce after I couldn't save your marriage, strongly consider going through arbitration. There's no reason for divorce attorneys to get rich. You once loved this person, so say, I once loved you. Let's do arbitration and let's sneak out of this with some sort of respect. You don't have to be an Ashton Kutcher and end up with one of the hottest chicks on the planet. You'll get her. You don't have to get her today. You don't have to be bitter about it. So we talk markets. We talk investing. We talk marriage, insurance. Anything financial goes here. I do wealth preservation and retirement planning seminars. I do money 101 seminars. You can sign up for them at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I am a big fan of the Euro Trash. I cannot lie. I'm good with that. If you only knew what I was shopping for right now, you would be impressed. Um, there's so much to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Anything? Anything that's got your buzz, got your attention? I don't know. You tell me. Um, Mario Draghi made comments this morning that I think we're just all wrong. Basically, he's saying, you know, you can bank on us. We're going to give significant boost to global stocks. The sustainability of any sort of stock movement just wrong 
you know, European banks, particularly in Greece, Italy, and Spain, deposit outflows from Spanish and Greek banks. Like, you would have to be just silly, like, have head trauma to have your money in a Greek or Spanish bank right now. And that's not a good scenario. They have to have real solutions. And the only way to do that is with Angela Merkel. And so far, she ain't buying into we're going to support all the 16 other countries, especially when France went socialist on her. You know, earnings season three and above expectations on earnings, but a big miss on revenue. Yeah, there are some companies that are doing it totally right. And I totally dig Pulte and Whole Foods and, you know, I, I totally dig it. Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, big American companies that do most of their business in America. But if you've got exposure to Europe right now, it's shoot first, ask questions later. Amerisource Bergen, Alcatel Lucent, AstraZeneca, Ballcorp, Boston Scientific, Bungie, Dow Chemical, Hershey, International Paper, McGraw-Hill, Raytheon, United Tech. All report revenue below expectations. That's a little spooky. That's a little freaky deaky. That's a little bit of one of those zoinks moments. Colgate, Palmolive, ExxonMobil, Kimberly, Clark, L3, Occidental Petroleum, reported revenues ahead of expectations. But the year-over-year changes were 2%, 1.5, two-tenths of a percent. Top-line growth is lousy. Now, continuation of that trend for the rest of the year tells you that earnings are going to be tough to continue to materialize. There's some stories that I love. The drought in the Midwest and what it's done to fertilizer stocks. The great numbers out of AT&T and Verizon. Yes, please. There are stocks worth owning right now. Absolutely. New claims for unemployment for the week ended July 21 fell to 353,000 from 383,000 the prior week. That's a fourth straight modest monthly gain expectations, unemployment coming up next Friday, not this Friday, the following Friday. Actions by the Fed and ECB trying to address the ongoing credit and economic crisis are certainly welcome. Fed's going to meet next week. What are they going to do? Whatever they do, it's going to be short term because look at the 15-year mortgage. Can we go lower? Do we even care? What we need now is for the banks to loosen up. What we need now is for Congress to come up with some plans for what spending is going to look like next year. That's what we need. And again, until that happens, I'm not seeing a lot of it. I like, I'm not buying. Oh, good God. Um, so... Deficit problem, it's going to take a lot of approaches. I'm starting to try to throw out ideas to show you that ideas can be thrown out. Yesterday I talked about, I think we should let corporations pay for people's higher degrees, science and math and engineering degrees. I think we should let them move in, treat them just like professional athletes. You got a nerd of a kid who got a 4.0 in high school. I think you should be able to sell them. Sell them to Intel. Sell them to Cisco. Let them pay for the college. Let Congress give them a tax break for doing it. All in return for their first three or four years of guaranteed job. Government spending is like there are ways to approach fixing our problems. 
Government spending is approximately 25% of GDP. Government receipts are 15% of GDP. That doesn't, that doesn't compute. You know, that's a big gap. That gap is the highest historical gap since World War II. When we're at war and the Germans are invading and they're bombing Pearl Harbor, Germans, Pearl Harbor, forget it, he's on a roll. The deficit of $1 trillion annually since 2009 is something that Barack Obama should be ashamed of. His mama should slap him and say, shame on you. Total debt now is 100% of GDP. The U.S. debt situation is approaching levels that, these, that it becomes a problem. It could become crushing. As it crushed Portugal, as it crushed Ireland, as it crushed Greece. Raising taxes doesn't solve the problem alone. Income taxes, corporate taxes, payroll taxes. Those three sources account for 90% of government receipts. Uh, you're talking about 1.1 trillion income taxes. 281 billion in corporate taxes, 904 billion in payroll taxes. Now, again, some of those payroll taxes are meant to provide us benefits, so they shouldn't be spent. It should be immediately obvious that raising taxes alone can't solve deficits. An increase of 50% of individual taxes would just raise 600 billion. It's not enough. Cutting spending doesn't solve the problem, it has to be a, a combination of spending cuts and raising revenue. It's simple. An increase in taxes, 10%, is virtually impossible. The drastic nature of the debt seems to be trivialized by most of the mass media. It's way too simple of an argument for Republicans and Democrats. It's a much harder concept than you can imagine. Seminar coming up next Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com. Um... Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money, a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. These are the worst of times right now as far as certainty goes. The uncertainty is high. What will happen to the European Union? Mario Draghi, European Central Bank's president, he promises to save the 17-nation region from financial collapse. I don't think you can do it without Angela Merkel. So Draghi, I know you were a badass in Rocky Three, but remember, USA won that one. Living in America is a good thing. Investing in America right now is a good thing. Born in the USA, born down in a dead man's town. American poet Springsteen, he should be seen more. He recently did a three and a half hour show in London. What's that all about? He got Paul McCartney on stage. What's that all about? We don't need no blimey blokes. What we need right now is Bruce Springsteen, John Cougar Mellencamp, Save the Crops. We need farm aid. We need to invest in Dunkin' Donuts, Whole Foods, Pulte, Verizon, AT&T, companies that are based in America. Your portfolio should have a shift. I've been talking about this for 18 months. I'm getting tired of it. I've gotten so tired of it that I've like, I'm tired of Greece. I I can't say anything more insulting about Greece than I've already said. I will no longer eat Greek yogurt. I will no longer eat Spanish rice until they get their act together and do it right. 
They're not doing it right. They're talking about doing it right. If you're going to have a common currency, you got to have common debt. And it's the game that they're not willing to play. It's kind of like, you know, when you're in love with someone, it's passionate, and you want to stay a free agent, you can't. Because that love and passion sucks you in. You can't be a free agent in the world of the European Union. And Angela Merkel, as sexy as she is in her one-piece jumpsuits, she needs to marry the rest of the European Union and take on their debt or not. For better or for worse, do it or don't. Hopes for ECB action is boosting the European markets and boosting the U.S. markets. I know you said, boost in the U.S. markets. What are you talking about, Black? We've had three triple-digit down days. We, we're getting smacked here. We're getting beaten. But not today. The Dow's up 163. The Nasdaq up 30. S&P 500 up 15. Further headline news that we have to hit, because I believe in headline news. Home sales are sliding. Well, wait, so the European Union, Mario Draghi said, we'll do whatever it takes. And that pushes the stock market higher, okay? Okay. But it also pushes oil higher and pushes gold higher. U.S. jobless claims dropped by 35,353,000. That's a good number. But it doesn't create jobs. It's just telling you that we're not firing people. Exxon, mobile profit, mistreat expectations, even though they had a monster quarter. They pledged to spend $37 billion this year. Oil and gas output fell 5.6% to 4.1 million barrels per day. Company reported a profit of, get this, this is silly bazilly. Like, if my sugar booger ever comes home and says, I made $15.9 billion in the last 90 days, it's like, sweet! Break out the champagne. Happy days are here again. But part of that was a $7.5 billion gain related to the sale of a stake in a Japanese refining and chemicals business. They're managing their profits this year before taxes change next year. Exxon earnings from U.S. oil and gas production tumbled by more than half in the second quarter to $678 million. It was a pretty weak quarter. With that said, they do make billions of dollars. And in good times, bad times, that will work for you. Maybe not as much as you want it to, but it will work. Dow chemical profits slipped on plunging sales. That's the story of the quarter. I feel like I got gas, so excuse me if something odd comes out. Zynga stock tanks. Today's Facebook's day of reckoning, and it doesn't start well with Zynga. Shares are down 40% to 3 bucks. That does not bode well in any way, shape, or form for Facebook. Zynga is one of Facebook's largest sources of revenue. Zynga swung to a loss of $22.8 million or $0.03 cents a share. A year earlier, before it went public, it made $1.4 million in profit. This company is a joke. The CEO is a joke. Mark Pincus is a joke. He's not a man. He can't manage a company. He cashed out $200 million last quarter. Now, again, if I can get put in the position to screw over the public, I probably would. For $200 million, I absolutely would. And it's easy for me to sit on this side of the microphone and say that's, that he did the wrong thing. Zynga's traffic numbers are looking good. The number of active users rose 23% to 59 million. But the number of people who are active and who actually buy things, who buys? 
who buys fake currency? Like who buys oh, upgrades? Yeah, it's I get it. The company was so massively overvalued. Came public at 14 bucks. Investors should be skeptical about the company's future. If you want to invest in video games, the best way to do it is probably Microsoft. As far as company with a good valuation. Then you start getting a little sketchier with Activision Electronic Arts. Both great companies, but they didn't really get mobile terribly well. No one's gotten mobile terribly well. And that brings us to tonight's revenue or tonight's earnings story of Facebook. I am so fascinated. Like, I'm going to get a haircut at three just so I can, like, be all prim and proper to listen to Facebook conference call. Will it be Sheryl Sandberg, who I find to be hot? Okay, yeah, she's got a billion dollars. But a billion dollars makes Frumpy look pretty good. She's not Frumpy in any way, shape, or form. I think she'll be a great CEO one day. I think Mark Zuckerberg should not be CEO. I think he's a great guy with a great social heart. I think he should have done what Sergey Brin and Larry Page at Google did. Take a back seat. Bring in Dr. Eric Schmidt. Let him run Google for five, ten years, and then you take over. Zuckerberg's a smart guy. He should have brought in a little bit more experience at the top. In my opinion, I think he's going to be a great CEO over time, and I hope he's a great CEO. If he shows up on that conference call today, he'll have had me at he'll have had me at hello. He'll have had me. I think the hoodie thing he needs to lose. I think the culture of look like me, act like me needs to drop. I think he needs to be like Sheryl Sandberg and, and wear a suit to work. Because you're talking about billions of dollars. You're talking about people's retirement. Tonight, we're going to see what's their advertising advertising revenue look like. We're going to see what does their mobile look like. And we hope to get a little bit more color on their future. They need to stop changing their homepage so much because people are upset about it. You're listening to me, Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. Keep in mind, i got a, two events coming up, and I hope you can make it to both and or one or the other. August 1st, I'm doing a little happy hour from 4 to 6. It's off the cuff. It's a mix and mingle. It is not a speech. It's Jack London Square, Miss Pearl's Restaurant. I hope you can make it out. This is what we need. You can find out more about that at kdow.biz. And then the following night, Foster City Crown Plaza Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Sign up for that at robblack.com. Home sales slide in the United States. Americans signed fewer contracts to buy previously owned homes last month. It's an uneven recovery. It's better than it was last year. It's trending in the right direction, but it's bumpy. One trend that's holding back sales has been incredibly low inventories. There's 144,000 new homes for sale in June. Just above May is 143,000. That's the lowest on records. People aren't putting their homes up for sale. We're turtling. Turtling means a lot of things in a lot of different ways, but in this way, it doesn't mean anything good. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Dow is up 163, well off its highs. The Nasdaq up 30, up one point, 
percentage point, and the S P five hundred up fifteen. Welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Uh, Chad, you're a financial planner. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. In, in my book, I wrote a chapter called Home Equity Loans Are for Losers. And the reason I did that was I wanted to point out that home equity loans are basically a line of credit, and you can actually get into trouble with them with, with where you put that money, why you're spending that money. I want to talk a little bit about this because I, I think it's, although not a popular trend today, it is something that people view incorrectly. The home is not a piggy bank. Yeah, and we'll cycle through a trend like that again sometime in the future. You know, we went through a debt bubble. It'll take 10 years, but people forget about it and it'll probably happen again. Um, it's it's one of those things where, first of all, most banks aren't willing to do this anymore. Right. Or it's, they canceled the line of credits that were out there. Right. And so if you set it up, it's really for an, an extension of your emergency reserve. So let's say you're in an industry that there's a lot of turnover. So tech sales, for example, a lot of people that are in sales in the tech industry, they jump from company to company and three or four years later, they end up at the same company again. It's kind of like who's the hot shot for the year. So those type of people, rather than having six months worth of emergency reserves, they need to have more like a year's worth of emergency reserves, but that's tough to get to for a lot of families. And when you're trying to get enough into your 401k to max the match, you've got kids, you've got you know other issues that you're dealing with to, to accumulate that much cash is tough. So I, I would look at it as an emergency reserve um, extension and only use it for an emergency. And again, you and I differ at times because like, I don't like home equity lines at all. Um, you borrow basically and hope a, a meteor doesn't hit your house. And sometimes meteors hit your house. You take out $50,000 and you know, there's an interest on it. Mm-hmm. So you have to you know, outperform that interest. Otherwise, you know, uh, it starts working against you pretty quickly. You assume no other crisis hits. Like you just brought up like it's emergency money for some people. But sometimes emergencies hit back to back to back. And now you have nowhere left to go, and suddenly your home is being foreclosed on. So I'm not a big fan of home equity lines. I think we were taught by our parents, like, hey, tap the house when you need money. You know, get a, a refi, get a second mortgage, a third mortgage, things along those lines. Those rules, I don't think they apply today. I think they should be um, really frowned upon and, and feared. Yeah, it's, it's you know, first it was tap the home equity line of credit to to buy tech stocks. You know, remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so that just nailed a lot of people. And then it was turn around and tap the equity line to put more into your home, which then fell in value. The only time I like people to take equity out of their home is if they're going to go use it to make another real estate investment, okay. you know, where they can take enough money out to put 30% down on another property, have enough positive cash flow to pay both loans. Then that way it's, it's, it's a good overall deal if that family is prepared to do it, meaning you're maxing out your 401ks, you've got years worth of income saved up on the sideline in addition to your emergency reserves so you can deal with vacancies. The ugliest, one of the ugliest financial scams that I've seen out there is when people pull home equity out of their house to buy either stocks from somebody or an annuity or a life insurance product. That is one of the worst scams and the most heavily sold issues out there. And I mean, there's videos all over YouTube about it. Which is interesting that you bring that up because in our industry, we can't use the word scam unless it truly is a scam. I mean, it's something that can get you sued, but a lot of people are being sold, you know, an Amazon bestseller. And it's not a bestseller. It's a guy who does a vanity press of his own book and calls it a bestseller Mm because it's tough to check those kind of things. And some of them even get on, on, on PBS. And they're telling people to take money out of their home to put into a life insurance product. And it's a, a, you know, a win-win. Like, I hate that. It drives me nuts. To, my, my problem with home equity lines of credit is people buying cars, buying stuff that they really shouldn't have bought. Right. Because they're, they're like, ooh, I got 80000 from the house, and I'm going to go buy an $80,000 car when the lifestyle doesn't really make sense for buying an $80,000 car. Yeah, they use a, an, a loan that has a variable interest rate to go out and buy depreciating assets. So you're compounding your, your stupidity. I'm with you. 
That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com or find him at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. And I am Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me at robblack.com. I do wealth preservation retirement planning seminars. One coming up, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, the first Thursday of August. You can sign up for that at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, they're good events. This one's going to be in Foster City. I'll do them in Seattle. I'll do them in San Francisco. I'll do them in San Jose. I get around, if you know what I'm saying. I've kind of got a reputation. ExxonMobil earns $15 billion, but a lot of that was asset sales. So it's tough to replicate. It's tough to duplicate. It's nice, but it's not high quality. Uh, Facebook earnings on tap for tonight. Looking forward to that. Jobless claims in the United States decreased. That's nice. Unemployment report's going to be interesting next Friday. Summer Olympics lose money for NBC. Summer Olympics make money for Comcast. It's a little bit confusing. Earnings season sees very weak revenue. Amerisource Bergen, Alcatel, Lucent, AstraZeneca, Ball Corp, Boston Scientific, Bungie, Dow, Chemical, Hershey, International Paper, McGraw-Hill, Raytheon, United Tech, all showing weak numbers. Europe's big uh, move, Mario Draghi. Is he going to be enough to like uh, stimulate is he going to be enough? <laughs> I don't know. Is it going to be enough? Um, pending sales of U.S. homes unexpectedly fell 1.4% in June. Those are numbers that are slightly manipulated. I don't want you to read too much into those numbers. Um, I want you to see the trend of those numbers. On a month-by-month basis, data is not as accurate as it should be. The index pending home sales uh, decreased 1.4%. These are resales. These are uh, already existing. It's the second time in three months, a sign of very limited momentum in housing. This all comes from the National Association of Realtors. And one of the cruel facts that we have right now is it's, people don't have jobs, and they can't take advantage of these incredibly low rates. It's cruel. You listen to me, Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can tweet me, Rob Black Show. You can email me, rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll come back with more of you and your money on Rob Black and your money. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I do my very, very best to create content that will make you think about money in unique and sweet and wonderful ways. I hope that it helps you. I pray that it helps you. 
Um, you know, there's a story this week about a baby bust. And it comes from Harry Dent, who Harry Dent says a lot of things. He says Dow 36,000. Then he says Dow 3,000. He's kind of all over the board. I've met him. I'm not impressed. But he made a bearish call this week. He tracks demographics. I don't think he really understands capitalism. I don't really think he understands profits. I think he understands how to sell a book really well. And he says, we're, basically, we were more bullish than anybody in the 1990s and 2000s because we saw this giant generation spending more money, borrowing more money, technology, the internet rising. Now it's the opposite. He said from 2008 to 2012, there's going to be a baby bust. There's going to be less home buying, less spending. Baby boomers are going to be saving for retirement. There's no way you can stimulate your way out of this. So baby boomers saving for retirement. And then you get people under the age of 35 who they're freaked out. Horrible economy, horrible job market. I know a woman who, I know two women who basically questioned their relationships with men because they weren't saving enough. And they were starting to hit that age where they wanted to have a baby. And it's time to put up or shut up. And they're not having babies. Because they don't feel that their man could support said baby. You know, baby costs probably about $300,000, give or take 50000 On the high end, 350000 On the kind of ghetto, 250000 And there's no... Anyway... I'm gonna, you know, beat myself to a, you know, pu- you know, putty here. Like, stop! Don't stop thinking about this. But um, so there's gonna be a baby bust. You know, it was stunning that after World War II, a lot of people thought the Jewish population would decrease because 15 million plus had just been murdered and executed and put to death by Adolf Hitler, but they thrived. They were able to deal with that controversy, that depression, and they made babies. Right now in Japan, they're not making babies in the last 10, 20 years. Tough economy. Tough economy seems to be more powerful than World War II. In America, we're starting to slow down on our babies, which is both, I think, responsible you know, if you can't raise a kid properly, don't have a child. But with that said, people are putting off. So there's an investment in pets. There's an investment in pet retailers for sure. But 30-year-old women are deciding, you know, my man's not providing enough, so I'm going to look for a new man or maybe I'll adopt. I think that more couples should adopt. We need to stop Angelina Jolie before she has all the babies in the world. I'm pretty sure her... Th- her angle is adopt every child, start a war. I think that's what she has to be amassing an army. So more couples probably should adopt to fight off Angeli. Just my opinion. So the baby bust, is it a story that's true or false? I think there's some reality to it. Um, we spent a hundred years leveraging. We're now starting to deleverage. We're going to have higher taxes, which means less spending from our pockets. 
and we're going to have higher taxes and you know less government freebies. On top of it, the government's going to need to look at programs like the Pentagon and the defense budget and say, we need to cut. And that's going to hit middle America hard. People that don't go to college that join the military, they're going to find it tougher to join the military because there's not going to be space for them. There's not going to be a fancy new F-16 plane for them to fly. Is it the end of the world as we know it? Nope. Is it expected a little bit less from stocks, bonds, and real estate? Absolutely. But it's not the end of the world as we know it. So there's your little Harry Dent, Rob Black update. I throw it out there because I should. Now let's say I was young and beautiful, and I am young and beautiful. But let's say I'm young and beautiful and I haven't saved enough money. Let's say I'm getting to be a little bit long in the tooth, right? What I would do is I'd try to find a mate who's got all that in a bucket of chicken to offer. And what I mean by that is, uh, by the way, Mark Pincus, CEO of Zynga, he's a pretty freakish looking guy. So I wouldn't hang out at the local dive bar if I were trying to find a mate. I'd hang out at the hottest and best restaurants. You know, Los Angeles. There's uh, James Beach is home to some of the best fish tacos in L.A. It was recently featured in the movie I Love You, Man. Uh few things less iconic than Rodeo Drive, which just oozes luxury. So two female characters will be forever remembered for sauntering down the fame street swinging shopping bags. Alicia Silverstone from Clueless and uh, Julia Roberts from Pretty Women. So I'd hang out at Rodeo Drive, James Beach. Where else? Maybe I'd go to Paris. Some pretty high-end places to hang out in Paris, breathtaking setting. Uh, the Monkey Bar is pretty famous. Boston, the Regal Beagle, which uh, even though Three's Company stopped filming in 1984, the Regal Beagle in Boston, uh, pretty famous. The Bar from Cheers, pretty famous. Like. Mm, New York's Empire Hotel, I think, is worth hitting up. I don't know. Just trying to throw out a dating advice. Maybe if I'm a woman who hasn't saved enough, I'd stop by the burn clinic, find the guy who has the Porsche, chat with him. Doesn't seem to work for men, though. We want hot, young, and pretty. We don't care if you're poor. Women, eh, he's pretty acceptable. He's a future mate. He's got good earnings income. Some uh, good future for him. Eh, we'll overlook the third degree burns. So yeah, uh, in a worst case scenario, you need to start thinking how you're going to protect yourself. Uh, uh, Pearl's Jam House, yes, no. It is a popular location, so I hear. Miss Pearl's Jam House Restaurant and Lounge in beautiful Jack London Square in Oakland. Oh, you want to meet someone rich and wealthy and powerful? Come meet CFP Chad Burton and myself. 
next Wednesday, Black Wednesday, off the cuff. Uh, from four to six, mix and mingle. Bring your portfolio. We'll take a look at it, review it for you. Get back to you with some information, some notes. Uh, Jack London Square, so make dinner reservations as well. Uh, good food, good eats, good drinks. Hopefully, we'll have a nice sunny day. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, that would be nice. The following day, I'm doing a, a kind of thing where I give a speech. I'm not talking speech at this event. It's totally a mixer, mix and mingle. Maybe you can meet someone wealthy. The following day, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Thursday, August 2 from 6 to 9 for Crown Plaza, Foster City. That's going to be a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. I hope you'll come out to that because uh, it should be a good time. I'm hoping it's a good time. So contracts to buy U.S. homes fell slightly in June. Not the biggest news story in the world. We know housing's going to be bumpy. NBC, a unit of Comcast, will most likely show an accounting loss on the Summer Olympics that run from July 27th to August 12th. Congratulations to women's soccer. Played a hell of a game yesterday. Go get them. So NBC paid $1.18 billion for the rights to the London game. So they're going to probably incur another $100 million or so in production costs. Call it $1.2 billion. And they're not going to rake in $1.2 billion in, in ads. But will it help their fall season? Sports are one thing that, you know, don't cheat. And what I mean by that is... Uh, what do I mean by that? Sports don't cheat because you don't have that ability to watch it on the iPad. You don't have that ability to watch it later. It's real-time drama. Now, Comcast is going to benefit from showing all the events live for the first time ever, building the brand value and the ratings from NBC, NBC Sports, MSNBC, and CBNC, supporting the $4.38 billion deal it made last year to secure the next four Olympics. You can find me on, online, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. I'll take a look at my tweets right now, and if anything interesting comes in, we'll talk about it in the next segment. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube. I've got my own channel that I'd like you to subscribe to, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's called Rob Black Show. Go to YouTube, search Rob Black Show, and uh, I put up a daily video every day. And uh, usually it's pretty smart, non-radio television content. And I think that's about it. Uh, I'm hitting a wall here, so to speak. Let's say uh, the Dow up 163, the NASDAQ up 30, the SP 500 up 15. Phone in America. And Rob Black, money on Rob Black, talking money, investing, future, retirement. A lot of basic premises, but a lot of people do these basic premises wrong. If you start early and save, it'll compound for you. You'll be happy that you did. Money used to double every 7.2 years. Now it may be 8, 9, 10 years. Until we get back to GDP growth of 2 to 4%, we're not in a good place. Your home's not going to go up in value until we get back to GDP of 2 to 4%. Your home's not going to go up in value until we get unemployment between 6 and 7%. Could it rise momentarily? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, there's a trend that you don't understand. 35 and younger, they don't care. Anytime I visit my friends who are 35 or younger, they live in the filthiest, nastiest places on the planet, and they're happy. It's worth mentioning it's worth thinking about. So Zynga shares are getting murdered today. 
And the only thing that could save Zynga right now is gambling. Real money gaming. People think that it could happen in the first half of next year. I find Mark Pincus to be vile as far as the CEO goes. I find him not to know what he's doing. I find him to be lacking significantly. It's named after his late American bulldog. Loyal and spirited. Zingo's name is a nod to a legendary African warrior queen. He just cashed out $200 million in his secondary. And the company just came out with just awful numbers. Had he said, we're going to have awful numbers, he would have cashed out with a lot less than $200 million. Whoa. So I think that's a big challenge. I, I, wanna, I don't want anything to do with that stock. I don't like civil wars and I don't like drama. Save the drama for your mama. And what I mean by civil wars, I'm talking about when brothers kill brothers. When there's too many people fighting, I think he goes up, I think he goes down. I think he goes up, I think he goes down. I don't like them. It's a tough way to make money. GoDaddy's gearing up to bring the Olympic Games a taste of the same marketing naughtiness that it brings to the Super Bowl. A little less va-va-va-voom. The sassy seller of internet domain names and web hosting provider has created three slightly toned-down commercials to air 18 times on NBC during the Olympic Games. The move is a clear break from the emotional and patriotic theme ads that uh, many marketers air during the Olympics. Visa is all over the Olympics this year. Just as it used the Super Bowl stage to introduce itself to the public with ultra-racy commercials that outraged women, and rightfully so. I'm fine with objectifying women. I just don't want GoDaddy to do it before I do. I think women are adorable. You know I'm kidding, right? (laughs) So tonight, Facebook comes out with earnings. And we're going to look for three things. Ad revenues year over year. Revenue growth, has it continued? Is it losing momentum? So we're looking at ad revenues. Did the business pick up steam? We're not going to want to ignore any numbers. We're going to want to try to break them down. You know, Google, much larger company, has grown 21% year over year. So a 19% revenue isn't going to be good for Facebook. We can't see softness. 19% would be bad. You want somewhere in the mid to high 20s. You want them to be Google-esque. You want to hear a lot about mobile. Um, more and more of us aren't using notebooks at home. We're using tablets and our phones. I sit on my couch, I eat corn chips, I fall asleep. I love it. I wake up and there's my phone. Not as many cords as a notebook, right? Not as cluttery. Modern homes should have less wires. Should have fewer books. Have fewer magazines because they should be in our smartphones and on our, our laptop and on our tablets. So we're going to look at mobile. 
This is an area that they have to make some stickiness in. No one has won mobile yet. It's a race. Did an eight and a half minute mile yesterday. Proud of myself. I'm a big guy. Six two. I look like a linebacker. Said so do eight and a half minute mile. Things are going good. We're also going to want to look with Facebook at their outlook. What do they expect for third quarter? What do they expect for fourth quarter? When do we see accelerating growth? So mobile is going to be the most important for PE. Outlook is going to be most important for the current stock price. And fundamentally, we're out if we start seeing decelerations. Because the company is expensive. It's not cheap. So don't forget you can tweet me at Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. Everyone should sign up for this. It's free. I send out my market notes. I send out my videos of the day. I send out other important information. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. I've got many fine leather-bound books on my iPad. Um, other things that we need to know. I don't think much, to be quite honest with you. You know, Mario Draghi comes out and says, we're going to do everything we can to save the euro. I don't buy it. I'm going to send out a newsletter later this week. You can sign up for it for free. Go to robblack.com and hit visitor sign up. It's free. It's always free. It'll always be free. Earning season has been disappointing as far as revenue goes. Back half the year in the Fed meeting next year, week. Eh? Eh? Not enough. This is Rob Black and your money. Find me at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.